Hi, I'm Amanda McLaughlin. I'm a co-host and co-producer of Join the Party. Hello, I'm Eric Silver, the Dungeon Master of Join the Party. And we're here to explain a little bit about Dungeons & Dragons for those of you who are not familiar. Starting with, Eric, what's Dungeons & Dragons? Well, Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing game where a bunch of people sit around a table, have fun, talk to each other, encounter wonderful adventures that is usually dictated by a dungeon master who has some sort of story prepared for the characters to participate in. And why are we using D&D to tell a story? Dungeons and Dragons allows you to tell a story, but also you're playing a game and also you're hanging out with your friends. If you were to sit around like you're on a camping trip or like a road trip and people were like okay let's tell a story like how would that even happen it's so difficult to just kind of pull yeah you would just like pull things from your brain and try to do it as much as possible but there is a game system to kind of facilitate that and you get to play as an adventurer or as a hero it is all about playing in like a heightened space where you get to make choices that is like set it doesn't necessarily need to be in fantasy but it's usually set in that fantasy setting very lord of the rings i'm going to go do this quest with my allies and we're going to defeat a bad guy and what is the relationship like as we play the game between the dm yourself and the players Right. So DM stands for Dungeon Master, which is what we said before. The players get to control the main characters. Think of this like your protagonists, your heroes. Again, if we're using Lord of the Rings as a jumping off point, this is like Aragorn and Gimli and the elf boy, but also Frodo and Samwise. You can be any sort of character. It's more about like if you think of this like a movie, the camera is following that character. Or if you're thinking about this like a comic book, like we are... Or a novel, we're following that character's perspectives. Yeah, you can be a relatively normal person, but be thrust into an adventure. And then on the adventure, you learn things and grow and defeat stuff. And you're you're on some kind of journey that is cinematic and exciting. Right. But the fact is that they're following that one character means like in a novel, you get that character's perspective and you're following the adventures of that particular character. So the players have one character and they're sticking with them. On the other hand, the dungeon master, who's usually the person with like a screen in front of them or a laptop or lots of books, plans out an idea or a story to start with and kind of like sets the stage. If we are, this is all kind of happening in our imagination. The dungeon master lays out the setting and the hook where the players get to do whatever they want because it is a collaborative story being told together. I always think of it like your school just renovated the playground and then they open the gates and everyone stands there and they're so excited and and the principal is like, wow, I can't wait. And then the kids run in and maybe they're going to use the seesaw as a catapult instead of as a seesaw. And maybe they're going to like make the swings go in weird directions or totally ignore one of the things because it doesn't interest them. And you come in with your playground and then the way that we use things, the directions we go, if we turn around and run in the different direction, that is the element of like improvisation and characters and players being able to make whatever decision they want within the world that the DM creates. The other element of improvisation and difference is the dice. So ordinarily we use a 20-sided die for a lot of things in Dungeons and Dragons. That number scale, like it feels like a lot of sides, but honestly you need the 1 to the 20 to dictate how well something goes. That dice represents like the whims of fate. Like how good do you do something regardless of Like, you can be an athlete, and you could decide, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go jump as far as I can. And ordinarily, you do really well at that jump, but, like, you also might have tripped on a rock on the way out, and you do something poorly. Or you've jumped better than you've ever jumped before. It's kind of that 
the element of chance that is a part of life, the unfeeling faces of the dice also have something to say about how the story goes. Right. So instead of your friend who is being your dungeon master being like, "Mm, I don't think you're going to make that jump. You have a third party that is truly neutral and random telling you like, "Okay, well, maybe you're pretty good at jumping and athletics and you can bring your skills to bear, which we're going to talk about in a second. But still, if you roll badly, it's going to go badly. And if you roll medium, you add a little bit of expertise that you have, but still not exactly what you want to happen. And you'll hear us talk about natural ones and natural 20s. All you have to know is a natural one is like on a scale of one to 20, it's a one. It's the worst that could possibly have happened. And not just you trip on a rock, but maybe you actually injure yourself. And a 20 is the best it could ever be. You leap onto the rooftop, you discover something you need, you leap over two rooftops, you know, and the player and the dungeon master together in both situations, depending on the group or your style or what you want to do, you guys collaborate on what happens next. You also need kind of that tension of failure. Like, uh, Amanda, you told me this story when you first saw your brother playing Dungeons & Dragons. You're like, that must be so boring where you just say what you do and then you do it. But games, I hear, are not fun unless there is challenge. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it is important that not everything goes perfectly well every time. That means that you have to try different things. If you can, jump over it, maybe you can go around it. If you aren't able to get somebody to do what you want, maybe you trick them into doing it. Maybe you pick their pocket. There's a lot of different problem-solving elements that come into play. Yeah, And there's also a reason why the dice doesn't just have one in 20s. Like, you need the in-between. Sometimes things go okay, or then there's a consequence. And that's how the story kind of progresses, uh, instead of just people making things up whenever they want. Tell us a little bit about abilities. So you'll hear on mic, Eric ask us for checks or modifiers. And the exact vocabulary is not very important, but the basic idea here is that each of our characters are good at different things. And we get to sort of choose areas that we are really good at and then add a little bit of a bonus to every role we do in that arena. So Eric, tell us a bit about the abilities. Right. So there are six skills. There is strength, which is like strength, things have to do with your body. There is dexterity, which is quickness, your ability to do flips and jump around. Uh, Constitution has to do with your uh, hit points, but Constitution, you would think of like, are you able to eat a piece of trash and not vomit? Like, pigs have very high constitution. And I have very low constitution and cannot eat dairy. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Amanda has very low constitution. Um, Then you have wisdom and intelligence, which is about the things that your your mind is good at. Uh, The difference between the two is that intelligence is book learning and wisdom is street smarts. So intelligence includes uh, your knowledge of magic and includes your knowledge of history and religion, while wisdom is like, hey, do you know how to interact with this animal? Do you think that this person is lying or not? Different classes or the different types of jobs or abilities you might have as a character, depending on if you're an intelligence-based person, you know a lot of book learning, like you're a wizard, but if you have a lot of wisdom, you might be like a ranger, someone who interacts with animals, or like a sorcerer, someone who just like has innate good magic inside them. And finally, there's charisma, which is talking to other people, and also the magic that comes off of talking to other people. And each of these six skills has a bunch of different specialized abilities within them. So just because, for example, your intelligence generally is rather low, if you practice magic, you might be really good at magic. So underneath the strength umbrella, you'll have athletics. Underneath the dexterity umbrella, you'll have acrobatics. So flipping as opposed to just being nimble. You'll hear perception checks a lot, which is under the wisdom umbrella. That's if you're able to see. But then you can see investigation, which is under intelligence. So your ability to look for things because of what you've seen before in your experience. And then things that happen with charisma, performance, going on stage, intimidation, getting someone to do what you want from 
threatening to fight them, but not actually fighting them. And then like persuasion would be under charisma. So how specifically do these checks and roles work when you ask us to like make an animal handling check? Let's say Amanda is playing like Guinevere the Brave, who is a knight and she also loves dogs. It's a fantasy world where Amanda can hang out with dogs, right? Yes. No allergies in D&D. Right. So Guinevere is out in the forest. She's walking around and she sees a wolf. Amanda, you can decide what to do with Guinevere as she sees a wolf in the forest. So maybe I will try to say, here, doggy, good boy. Okay. So if you want to <laughs> call the wolf a doggy yep. and pat them on the head, that would require a specific ability. You would do an animal handling check. So Amanda would look on her character sheet, and there is a number that's associated with animal handling. Let's say Guinevere has always loved dogs. You might have like a plus five to animal handling, right? So I add that to whatever the dice tells me when I roll it. Right. So I'm going to ask you to roll an animal handling check. Roll, roll, roll. You got a 15. So the 15 from the dice plus the five that Guinevere is already good at is a 20. That is very good. So the wolf bounds over to you and licks your face. And uh, what do you do when the wolf licks your face? I say, yay, I love dogs. I'm not going to sneeze whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) And you give it big pats. Yeah, you give it big pats. Yes. So that is kind of like the distillation of everything in Dungeons & Dragons. You can see that Amanda, playing as Guinevere, decided what to do in that situation. I didn't say automatically make an animal handling check to befriend the wolf. You could have fought the wolf. You could have tried to run away. You could have climbed a tree. But because you decided to befriend the wolf, we rolled the ability associated with the thing that you were going to do. And that also brings up the idea of talking as a player versus playing in character. And because we are telling a story, we want it to be immersive. We want you to really get lost in it and get to know our characters. Whenever the players talk to one another or we talk to a character that Eric is playing as the DM, maybe a shopkeeper that we have to talk to or one of our friends that we see most weeks and most episodes, we talk to them character to character. But then we always have the ability of asking a question, just person to person, being like, Like, hey, Eric, as the DM, can I try A, B, or C? Or, hey, Julia, as my co-player, do you want to try doing this? Or, hey, Brandon, did you have that magic item that I remembered from two weeks ago? Although I know it, the DM, what's going to happen, like, the character might not. So it's important to interact with all these different characters and talk to each other and, like, play in the space of the story. Yeah, it's very show-don't-tell. You don't tell us there's a heist happening at this location you're going to go solve it tonight or in this session. But you kind of give us clues, you give us opportunities, you entice us and our characters to go where you want us to go. And we do sometimes and other times we don't. And that's okay if you don't do what I want, because what I want doesn't necessarily matter. Like I can prep things ahead of time about where I think things will happen and what's going to happen in the world. And things might happen like not on screen or things that the characters don't know. But like that's okay. It's up to the characters to control the story. And to help you differentiate between when we're talking as people and when we're talking as our characters, we use character voices, so we differentiate a little bit as well. And Eric has a whole library of voices he uses for the different non-player characters and PCs that we meet along the way. Oi, love. This is one of my character voices. It's not one. And it shouldn't be. (laughs) Oi, I'm the bartender. We have to go to more bars. Yeah. (laughs) All All bartenders sound like that. 
And every two episodes, we're going to publish what we call an after party, which is where all four of us, just as people making a podcast, sit down and talk about our experiences playing in that session. We debrief, we answer listener questions, we talk about news and different happenings in the world of role-playing games and D&D specifically. So they're not mandatory to enjoy the story, but if you like that kind of thing and you like listening to director's commentaries on DVD, those are there for you to enjoy every two episodes. If you want to hear these tutorials in action, in an actual game of D&D, the beginning of campaign one, our first storyline, the first two episodes have like annotated versions. They start with beginners start here, and every few minutes you'll hear my voice pop in and explain what's happening, whether that's a check or a roll or a decision being made or something D&D-wise being referenced, and it's sort of like an applied lesson, applied theory for you. That, as well as the first episode of Campaign 2 in Lake Town City, which we are just starting, is available at jointhepartypod.com or in your podcast app where you're listening right now. So go enjoy episode one. Hooray! Yay!